What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, glad with you here. Hope you're doing well today. Happy Friday. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, we're continuing on through the book of Mark. We're now in chapter six. And these today, I'm going to be reading two really famous stories that you are probably very familiar with. And uh, they're, they're basically two, two chunks that you would typically have sermons on each one of the chunks individually. Uh, but I, I separated this on purpose. It's a longer chunk today. It's verses 30 through, I'm going to read 52. Uh, But you know these. This is Jesus feeding the 5,000 and then Jesus walking on water. Now, certainly in the Gospel of John, these stories are intertwined because Jesus teaches this story about bread. He, he, you know, feeds 5,000 with the loaves of bread. He walks on water and then he preaches on what it means to be bread. So they're very intertwined in the book of John. And uh, and they are here in Mark as well, the way Mark is writing them. each gospel writer wants to emphasize something specific, and I want to see that here in the book of Mark as well. And so let's get to it. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 52. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He had just sent them out. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The hour is late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He said a blessing, and he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. And then the story continues in verse 45. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat to go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out at sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. 
And about the fourth watch of that night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. They did not understand about the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Now, I think that is the verse that kind of intertwines these stories intimately. Uh, they're connected. He's, he's, uh, that's why I didn't stop and talk about the feeding of the 5,000. You've heard sermons on that a billion times. The, the basic story is Jesus, he, he, uh, he took five loaves of bread and two fish and somehow divided it miraculously to feed 5,000 people. Now, we see in, in many commentaries that uh, it, it was typical for when they were writing to count only the men in, in the audience and not the women. Right? I, that's just a historical fact that is typical of this era. And so the, what's, what makes that even more astounding is that it's likely even more than 5,000. It's just that the 5,000 were the men that were recorded. So there's likely, some people said, up to you know 15,000 people there which included the women and children. The point is, it's a, it's a miracle. Jesus somehow, I don't, I don't know how, I just know that he does. He divides up two fish and five loaves of bread, and everybody was satisfied. Verse 42, they ate and were satisfied. They enjoyed it. It tasted good. It was glorious. Like, this is not just a, oh, let's scrounge up some food. It's they had a feast, and it was good, and that's a miracle. I don't understand how it happened, but Jesus created something from basically nothing. And so we know that miracle. But then we know the story of him walking on water, too. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that a billion times. But then in verse 52, it says they did not understand about the loaves. They see him walking on the water, but it's because they didn't understand about the loaves, why they're so freaked out, because their hearts were hardened. And I think that's what applies to us today is we need to hear these, these, these stories over and over because the disciples were there in the boat with him. The disciples ate that delicious bread and fish. And they had hard hearts. And so I think that speaks to us that sometimes we need to we need to learn more about who Jesus is. And I think that's what these two stories are pointing out. It's actually a series of stories, but I think it's showing just exactly who Jesus is. And that lesson requires repetition. Because, you know, last Friday I was with us on on the previous story where they're out at sea and Jesus is actually asleep on the boat and he calms the sea. So they'd already, they should have, they should have already learned the lesson who Jesus is in the form of a nautical lesson. Like, who can control the weather in the sea? Well, Jesus can. They saw him do it. Jesus is God, right? Who is Jesus? Jesus is God, right? And then they should have learned this lesson uh, in between these two chapters. There's chapter five. We had the whole sermon on that. Jesus, he heals a guy and, and, and heals a lady and cast out a demon. This lady's been bleeding. He actually raises someone from the dead. So they need to learn who Jesus is. Who Jesus is has already been taught in the form of a medical lesson, right? Who can heal people with a touch? Jesus can. Jesus is God, right? Who can raise people from the dead? Jesus can. Jesus is God, right? And then here in chapter six, they learn this lesson of who Jesus is in the form of a culinary lesson, right? Who can create food out of nowhere? Well, Jesus can. We saw him do it. 
Jesus is God, right? That's the lesson is who is Jesus? We need to know who Jesus is. And this lesson requires repetition because the disciples, they've had multiple, multiple lessons, a nautical lesson, a medical lesson, a culinary lesson, and Jesus can do all these things. Therefore, Jesus is God. But he knows that their hearts are hardened. And so he sends them out. It actually says he forced them out. He made the disciples get into the boat. So after he feeds the 5,000, he basically forces them, right? Because the book of John illuminates this. They want to make Jesus king. It's like this political excitement. And uh, the disciples are kind of caught up in that. So Jesus actually forces them, hey, go out on the boat. He sends them into yet another storm. He's in control of that storm in their life. And so they see how powerless they are. They're, They're out at sea. Jesus is separated from them. They're freaking out. And then, you know, basically Jesus uses that opportunity to show off this lesson yet again. Like he walked on water, right? Jesus walked on water. That's a miracle. It's not an optical illusion. It wasn't a sandbar. He wasn't walking on the shore and they're just using that as poetic language. Jesus is intentionally walking on water. And this is alluding to the book of Job where we see Yahweh in in Job chapter 9. Uh, verses 8 through 11, Job chapter 38, verse 16. It, it uses that word for Yahweh, and it shows how he's walking on the water. And then here's a really special one. It says um, in verse 48, it says, He meant to pass them by, right? Pass them by. Now, that's not just some incidental language there. I think that Mark is writing that specifically because not only do we see Yahweh in the Old Testament walking on the sea, we saw that in Job two places, but also we see Yahweh uh, being described as passing by Moses in the book of Exodus, this famous theophany when Moses gets to see God, uh, he says, I'll pass by you. That's in Exodus chapter 33, verse 19. And so we see Jesus is doing the activities that is attributed to Yahweh in the Old Testament. He's walking on the sea. He's passing by. He's that quote, he passed by. That's clearly an allusion to Yahweh in the Old Testament. And then he says in verse 50, Jesus says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Now in English, that it is I, in Greek, we see this phrase. I'm not trying to show off, but it's a, it's theologians use this phrase all the time. But in Greek, I am is ego eimi. Um, it's, that's just how you say it. It's ego eimi, right? That means I am. And so this I am is a very, very loaded statement because you see that also in the book of Exodus chapter three, when Yahweh is revealing himself to Moses and Moses is like, well, who should I tell him is sending me? And God says, tell them I am is sending you, right? I am. I just, I am. I'm, I'm God. I exist. I am. And in the Septuagint, this is the Greek version, the Greek translation of the Old Testament in Exodus three, verse 14, guess what? Ego me, I am. Jesus says, Ego me, I am. And that is alluding to God. See, the disciples kept missing it. Verse 51 and 52. He got into the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. That lesson of who can create food out of nowhere, Jesus can. That must mean he's God. It's just slipping over their heads. Well, here we see Jesus walks on water. God walked on the water. God passed by Moses. God said, I am to Moses. Therefore, Jesus is God. The disciples kept missing it. 
And so when we see this, how this applies to our life, well, we continue to miss the same things too. How is this practical to my life, right? What am I supposed to do or not do, you know, to make my life more holy or more, you know, better or whatever it is? Well, sometimes, sometimes just knowing something is the practical application because the Bible says we'll worship the, the Lord our God with our whole heart, soul, mind, right? Our mind, we're supposed to to worship with our mind. So knowing something is part of that mind. And so it, it increases our worship. We know Jesus is God. We've heard that a bunch. Who can create food from nowhere? Jesus can. Jesus is God. Who can control the weather and the seas? Jesus can. Jesus is God. Who can heal people with a touch? Jesus can. Jesus is God. Who can raise people from the dead? Jesus can. Jesus is God. And who can walk on water? I'll tell you what, men don't walk on water. Men can't do that, right? They can't. Dead men don't rise from the grave. However, God can do both. Jesus can. Jesus is God. And so I hope that is constantly in your mind today that you worship Jesus for who he truly is. The disciples missed it. I hope our hearts and our minds focus on that continually as you continue to read the book of Mark for yourself. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you back on Monday for the next episode. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.